Tonight I'll be talking about the messy seat. Somebody shout the messy seat. You there? What do we mean when we speak about the messy seat? What is messy? And what is this seat? And we have looked upon several things and and we're about to go into a lot of uh, uh, issues that are very deep now. But we need to understand what is the messy seat. What is this messy seat? Where is it found? How did it come about? Now, so the messy, I told you before that there was a man by the name Abraham who operated in the mercy of God. But there was a vacuum. There was something that was lacking. So God had to bring that thing into the equation. And I want you to hear this thing that I'm talking about. Hello? It has always been God's will to live among his people. Abraham, in the book of um, Genesis 12, from verse 1 to 3, God promises him that he will take him to a new place. And there he will make him into a great nation. Hello? Hello? God promises him what? To a place where he will make him what? He will make him into a great nation. At this point in time, his wife is barren, but God says, I will make you into a great nation. Are you following right? So Abraham leaves. But Abraham, he has the mercy of God. God gives him so much mercy. He has a system of advantage that wherever he goes in in the same chapter 12, he goes to Egypt, he becomes a millionaire. In chapter 13, the Bible says he became worth in silver, in gold, in livestock from verse 1. And the man became so worthy. So the man has a system of advantage. But then God makes a statement. Because God wants to establish mercy in his lineage. Hello? Whatever God is speaking, he knows what I'm talking here. Abraham will understand it, but he will not understand it properly. But I want to establish my mercy in his lineage. So how would I do it? So God goes back into when man was made by the name Adam and was put in the land. God would visit man like a friend. The Bible says when Adam sinned, God came in the garden and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? It is how things were, and it is how things are until today. God comes down and chats with his people. Hello? He can even come in your house and say, hey, Joyce, where are you? I'm here in my bedroom. Oh, yeah, I've come to talk to you. Are you here, right? So it was always like that. God would visit Adam frequently, and they would chat. And because of sin, hello? Because of what? Sin. Sin. God departed from man and God chased man out 
Because the Bible says God does not dwell where iniquity is. Hello? God does not dwell where iniquity is. So God distanced himself and kicked man out of the garden from where he would talk with man. So there was a need of that to be restored. Hello? Where God would come back again and live with his people. So God appears to Abraham and says, I will establish you into a nation. Because God wants to come and talk to his people. But it will not happen because man is sinful. So God says, I need to take your children, Abraham, send them away to Egypt for 400 years. And when they are coming back, I will establish my covenant of mercy with them. Because they will not do it. They will not possess Canaan without my mercy. Are you understanding what I'm talking to you? They will not what? They will not possess Canaan, a land of milk and honey, without my mercy. So I will send them out. When they are coming back, I will create a system of advantage with them. So what is God trying to do? God is trying to come back again because God had left when Adam sinned. So God wants to come back, but he will not come back without mercy. It will take mercy for God to come again and begin to talk with his people. Because at that moment, God had gone. And I want you to hear this statement. Now let's go to the book of Genesis. In Genesis 15, from verse 13 to 14. Then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants... God is speaking to Abraham, okay? Yes. You should know, certainly. KJV. It says what? And he said unto Abraham, know of surety. Hear that statement. God says, this I promise you. In NIV, check NIV. In NIV it says what? Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. Hello? I promise you, God is speaking to Abraham that your descendants, they'll be in Egypt for how many years? And they'll be enslaved there. A question must be why will they be enslaved? The following verse answers that question. Now the Bible says, but I'll punish the nation. They save as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. I want you to see how God thinks. God is 400 years away. And some of you, you, you keep on thinking and panicking over what you're passing through now. But God is generational. God is 10 years ahead of you. God is 20 years ahead of you. And God says to Abraham, he says, I know I'm saying this to you. Not that you will go, but your descendants, not your son. Did you hear that? Oh, yes. But your what? 
They will be in a foreign country for 400 years. And when they come back, in King James Version, it says they will live with the prosperity. It says they will be enslaved. But I'll punish who enslaves them. They will live with what? Some, some enslavements that people are passing through right now. Some punishments that you are facing right now. It is because God wants you out of it to come out with a great possession. You didn't hear me. Some of the things you are facing. Some of the persecutions. Problems that you are going through right now. God says... I will allow them to suffer, but they are suffering, they will walk out of the prosperity. I prophesy to you, may every suffering that you have been going through, may it never become for free. Out of your suffering, out of the eater, something sweet will come out. Some of us are receiving the name of Jesus. So, but how will God do it? How will God do it? He needs to create a system for them. And the system is a system of mercy. Now we're going to be looking at that system in a few minutes from now. So God says, no for sure. I promise you, your descendants will be in a foreign country. And they will save as slaves. But when they leave that country, they will leave with great possession. I will punish the country that will enslave them. And put them in problems. I'll punish it. Say that I can tell you for sure. I'll punish the country. Anybody, anything, any situation that is trying to enslave you, God will punish it. And out of your situation, you will come out with great what? Possessions. Someone say mercy. My system of advantage. Are you following that? What will happen? Because God wants to have this system. In verse 10 of Exodus 25, they are now out of Egypt. Hello? Psalm 105. Okay, verse 42. Let's just see that. When, when they were leaving Egypt, okay? When they were leaving Egypt, what happened? For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. And what? He brought out his people with rejoicing. He brought them out with what? As God promised that they will live out of the great what? Possession. God remembered his promise and he brought them out with the great possession. So they were there for 400 years and God said, now you are living. But God had to remember his promise. The promise he did that they will live after suffering, they will come out with the great testimonies. And I'm telling you right now, out of the situation you are facing, you are passing through, the end result of it, it is not bad, I can promise you. It is great, great rejoicing. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the Bible says, and I want to hear this. So the Bible says, they will be taken out with a great rejoicing. So God remembered his promise. Now they were out. They left Egypt. As they were on their way. Remember God promised Abraham that your descendants will possess this land. But before they possess this land, they will be slaves for 400 years in another country. And they will come back 
Did you hear that? But there is no system yet. So God must first establish a system of what? Advantage. So as they were walking, coming from Egypt, going back to where Abraham was promised that they would come and possess, as they were on their way, going, God said, Moses, stop. And Moses stopped. He said, I want to talk to you. Do you know where you're going? He said, no. He said, it's a place of milk and honey. But wait a minute. Before you go there, I need to create a system for you. Are you following? So, so watch this. In Exodus 25, Moses was stopped for a system to be created. Now, what system? Because the system is God has stopped visiting people. God is no longer visiting man. God is no longer talking to people. God is no longer dwelling with the people. God is no longer living with the people. But he wants to do it. Until today, God wants to stay with you. He want to talk with you. He want to chat with you. He want to have a relationship with you. But what is the problem? The problem now that we have is that there is no mercy to create that advantage. Because without that, they will lose every battle. Are you understanding what I'm telling you right now? So God says you need me to be in your midst. But for me to be in your midst, you need the mercy. I'm not talking to somebody right here. They are facing, they're about to start facing the, uh, 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 the, the soldiers along the way, the battles along the way. You will not face these battles without my system. So God comes down to speak to Moses that I promised Abraham that you will possess that land. But without my system, you will not. So in, in Exodus 25, let's start from verse 10. Now in verse 10, right? Have them make an ark of acacia wood. Make, they should make what? Of which tree? An acacia tree is a tree of disadvantage. But when a mercy comes, this tree will be advantaged. We'll see. We'll see there as we'll be reading. God says, make an ark. But it must come from acacia wood. An acacia tree, for some of you who you know acacia tree, it is the agri tree. In fact, when it germinates, it starts branching right from down. Hello? It is not good for timber. Nobody uses it for timber. Because of its branches everywhere. It just branches like. There are better trees for timber. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? But this tree is being taught to be used. There are people who are useless. No one uses them. Nobody may think of them. Nobody may think of their qualification. Because they belong to Akesha Wood. Are you understand what I'm saying? But when the message is about to appear, God says, I don't need those beautiful trees. I don't need those trees you use for wood and for timber. I need the acacias. They're forgotten. They're rejected. They're abandoned. I want to use them. 
and I'm going to put my mercy over them. Ay, 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 ay. Somebody say, I hear you, prophet. Now, watch this. I love this. So God says, I need a Kesha wood to come. Now, let's go. All right? <laughs> Two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. This is how it must look. Overlaid with pure God. Wait a minute. Already, Akesha Wood, the rejected one, it is being told that when you make it this length, where after you make it properly, it says you should cover it with God. Not just God, but pure. What has been rejected? It says you must put what? It says cover it. If you're watching me now, wherever you're watching me from, and you're saying, Prophet, I believe that this is my night where I need this system to begin to operate in my life, raise up a hand. And it's said, receive the mercy. Because in those days, when they are doing wood or anything, they were using the cedar. Do you hear me? They used to use a tree known as cedar. But God says, I don't need the cedar. I need acacia. Cover acacia with God. That tree where nobody uses it for timber. You know, in this season, I see people who wear nothing being picked and be covered with pure gold. Some of you, your projects, God will pick your project from the pit and he will cover your project with the pure gold. Some of you, God will take your calling. He will take your ministry and he cover your ministry. Now hear this statement. Now the Bible here says what? It says, now let's read. Overlaid with the pure gold, both inside and out. And make a gold molding around it. Let's read. This is interesting. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet. With the two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of Akesha. Hey, we are not looking for any other word here. We are looking for Akesha only. And make poles of acacia wood. Yeah? How do you make poles of acacia? It is a tree that bends like this. But this time around, God said, when my mercy is there, Amen. what is bent will make it straight. Amen. Then the Bible here says, then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with God. Hey. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. I love that. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark. They are not to be removed. Hmm? Then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law, which I give you. Wait, wait a minute. Make an atonement cover of pure gold. So when you make this box, it was a big box. 
after you make this big box, you must on top an atonement. You must make a huge cover that you must put on top to cover like a lead. Now the Bible says what? It says make an atonement cover of pure gold. Two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. Mm -hmm. And make two cherubim. How many? Out of what? Hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Wait a minute. So on top, so this box is supposed to be a, a big box. All right? It's supposed to be a big box. Then there must be two cherubims, two angels, which must face each other. Okay, let me just let me show you this. Can I have my, uh, the Ark of the Covenant? All right. Now, the Bible says, on top of it, it must be covered with a what? A lid. All right? Oh, yes. Now, go, go back to the scripture. Go to verse 17. It says what? 17 NKJV. It says what? You shall make a messy seat. You're not hearing this. You shall make a messy seat. Hmm. This messy seat, it must sit on the acacia wood. Uh, you didn't hear me, somebody. Uh -uh, you didn't hear me. This messy seat. Let's read, let's read, let's read, let's read. You shall make a mess seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length. And a cubit and half is width. You shall make a what? A mess seat. Verse 18, it says what? And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Of hammered work, you shall make them at the two ends of the mess seat. Make one cherub at one end. And the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it one piece with a messy seat. This is a deep thing. This is so dangerous. God says, hey, 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 you are not going to Canaan like that. I promised Abraham you will go there, but not without my system. You are not understanding it. There are battles you will face. There are woes you're going to go through. Oh, yes. There are rivers you must cross. Oh, yes. But you will not cross and you will not fight without the system of my advantage. It's so shocking how believers today just wake up in the morning. Oh, I'm trying to do this. You need this system. Oh, yes. So this is how it was made. The, this is the Ark of the Covenant, how it was made. The ones you're seeing here are two angels covering the messy seat. This is the messy seat. You see on top here, there is a seat. All right? This is a messy seat. These are two angels which must be made and they must cover the messy seat. Why? Go back to verse 17. You shall make a messy seat of pure God. Hey! Did you just hear that statement? In two and a half cubits, God is saying you are not going this journey until you make it. People wonder why they took so many years in the wilderness before they reached Canaan. Because one of the most important things they had to make before going was what? This system of God's advantage. 
Now watch this. On this system, God said it must be covered. Now, see, see this statement now. God says, you shall make a mess of seat of pure God. Two and a half cubits shall be its length and a cubit and a half its width. Beautiful. 18. And you shall make two cherubim. Cherubim are angels. These two angels here. And you shall make two cherubim of God. I just love the things of, of our Lord. He wants everything of him to be made of God. Somebody say, I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. Now, watch this statement. Watch this statement. And you shall make two cherubim of God, and how much work you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Two ends. You see this? The two ends. At the end, there is one. At the end here, there is one. All right, let's continue reading. Make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it of one piece with a messy seat. Our story is messy seat. Verse 20. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above. Look at that. And the cherubim, they shall... Can, can you imagine? There is no any seat of healing. There is no seat of deliverance. There is no seat of victory. But there is a mercy seat. And this mercy seat must be covered with angels stretching forth their wings over the mercy seat. Maybe you don't know who are cherubims. Let me tell you who cherubims are. Are you here? In Ezekiel chapter 1, the Bible says they are the most dangerous angels. In Genesis chapter 3, they are the ones who actually went and stood to protect the Garden of Eden from Adam. They are so dangerous. And God knows that the mercy must be protected. Mercy must be covered. Oh. Are you following somebody? Are you there? Yes. Now watch this. So now, this is it. Now, can you imagine? So God says this. Now look at the statement over there. It says, and the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat. Covering the mercy. Not the whole ark. Their duty here is not to cover the ark. It is not to cover the inside here. No. It is to cover the mercy seat. Now, let me just show you something that is very important. Now, let's go ahead. Then the Bible says what? And they shall face one another. Now, see this statement over here. Now, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. It says their face should be to the, the, the angels they should be looking at the what? Yes. Cover their wings and their eyes on the message seat. Yes. There is something on the message that we will be talking about as we go. Then the verse, and you shall put the message seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I'll give you. Uh, you, you, you are too slow. The message seat in NIV is known as a what? A covering. Did you hear that? Oh, yes. Yes. If you see a person lacking in the covering, 
they have no mercy. Did you hear that? If you are going to war, soldiers will tell you, okay? If soldiers are going to war, they are facing the enemy in a modern war, they need to be covered by artillery. You didn't hear me. So they'll be going like this, and there'll be other group behind them that they'll be throwing weapons, bombs on top. So they are covered by what? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So they'll be coming like this, yet they are being covered by what is moving on top. So they are missiles, bombs. They are being covered. Without covering, you cannot win a battle. And this is why you need a covering of mercy. So many believers today, they don't know this secret. This is a mystery. God is not foolish to just come and say something which must not be used in our days. God is generational. He was actually seeing you when he had this, all this plan. He was actually seeing me. You need a mercy. You need a mercy. May you receive this mercy tonight. May you receive the covering tonight. May angels watch over you. May angels watch over you. Now God says inside the ark, you shall put the covenant law which I have given you. What covenant law? There were two stones which God wrote the Ten Commandments. He says, those stones must be put inside. Are you here? Mm -hmm. now, let's continue reading. Now the Bible here says what? And there on the message seat, I will meet with you. And I will speak with you. Do you know why many people they struggle to hear God? They're operating outside the mercy. God cannot talk to you where there is no mercy. I can challenge you. That, that is why I said before, people are praying wrongly. God, speak to me. Open my eyes. God does not talk to people who are outside his mercy. In Romans 9 from verse 15 to 16, it says what? It's not about your works. It is about God who shows mercy. It is about mercy. It is mercy. Operate. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Uh -huh. And 16 says what? So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. So if you are operating outside mercy, God won't talk to you. So God says, he says, he says what? He says, there on the mercy seat, I will what? I will speak to you. See again the scripture there. Let's see again the scripture. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark, you shall put the testimony that I'll give you. And there I will meet with you. And I will speak with you from where? From above, from above the mercy seat. I will speak to you not inside the ark, but from the above.
above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubim, which are of the ark of the testimony, about everything which I'll give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So you will not go ahead with your journey. You will not face your enemy without a mercy seat. Because I need to talk to you. But I will not talk to you outside, neither inside. I will talk to you on the mercy seat. So anyone right now operating from the mercy, they are advantaged already to hear God talking. <laughs> advantages of being on the mercy seat. Somebody say, I hear you, prophet. You hear God. He speaks to you. People who are hearing God in the Bible were not only prophets. Hello? People who are hearing God in the Bible were not only what? Even shepherds who are taking care of the sheep like this, angels appeared to them. I'm not talking to somebody here. Mere shepherds who are taking care of the sheep like this, angels came and talked to them. I hope you're hearing me, right? So why nowadays we make it as if it's only prophets who must hear God? No. When you begin to operate on the message, it's a level in the realm of the spirit. Somebody said, receive the message. I will operate in the message. Are you hearing that? I want you to hear this. Can you imagine God had departed from man? God had left for a lot of years. Then God says, if you want me to come back and live with you, create a seat for me of mercy. If you create that, I will come there. I'll be speaking with you. This is God who was talking to Adam, who left. He says, no, 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 just put mercy. And God mentions three things which must be put inside the ark. He says, number one, there's two tablets of stones. Two stones, which were written what? The Ten Commandments. Number two, God says you must put a manna. The bread, that bread. So put it inside. Hello? Number three, he says, put the battered rod of Aaron. God says, I will talk with you. And I will show you battles which the people of Israel, they forgot the ark. And they went on their own. And they ran away and they were defeated. And they went back to say, we forgot the ark. And they went to pick it back. Walked with it to the wall. Before they even arrived back, they, they, they won the war even before facing the enemy. They had a system this time around. It's like some of you have done so many things and you lost. Not when you carry a message. I promise you, not this time around. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There were three countries rose against Israel. And Israel says, no, you know what? We won't even fight them. We won't even take weapons. We only carry the what? 
the ark of the covenant with his mercy seat and will begin to sing songs of victory. The enemy lost the battle even before the people of Israel arrived in the battlefield. Why was mercy told to sit on top of the lead? Because mercy is above the judgment, the law. So the Ten Commandments, which were inside there, is God's anger and judgment. If you do this, I shall kill you. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Why the, the manna was put inside there? Because manna represents Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. Are you, are you hearing this? Are you understanding this? And the battered rod represents what? The priesthood of Aaron. That only through the, 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 the rod of Aaron shall the priesthood come out. Above the priesthood, above the manna, above the commandments of God, there was mercy. No one, no one can destroy you. You are above the priesthood, above the commandments. Mercy is above everything. This is why it was called Jehovah Erechumim Apaim Chuva, which means God, who when he's so angry and he wants to destroy people, but when he remembers his mercy, he changes his mind. Even God, I'm talking about even God himself, even if he wants to destroy you, I'm not talking about the people here, I'm saying even God himself, if he thought of destroying you, if he sees mercy, he stops. What more may I people? If God himself stops destroying a person when he sees mercy, who is a devil? The Bible says when they came to the river Jordan, they didn't know how to cross it. And God said, why are you struggling? Take the mercy seat. Take the Ark of the Covenant. Tell the priest to put it on their shoulder and let their fingers just touch the water. And when they carried the Ark of the Covenant with his mercy seat, the moment they put their feet on the water, the Bible says the river spoke. Mercy. Don't play around with mercy. A way can be made on a river. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Are you understanding what I'm talking about? A way was made on a river when a mercy was carried. The five wicked kings were all killed when mercy was provoked. And they were powerful and deadly kings. But when the Ark of the Covenant was carried, the Bible says on that day, it rained fire. What have I said? Instead of rain falling, there were stones of fire that were falling in the camp of the enemy. 
when a message was carried. Oh, Jesus. May your people understand this and receive this message. Raise up your hands where you are. And the mace of God that works even unto the dead begin to speak for you. 